Hello, welcome to Rise Up with the Riots podcast and Wellness Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us for our popular demanded speaker that we have today. Missy Beavers is back. For those of you that are not familiar with her, I encourage you to look back at our previous podcast. She was with us back in January of this year talking about thyroid and thyroid 101 and all the things that this little part of our body does for us. And so we're actually going to move into a similar topic, still connected, as you will soon learn, um, about the leaky gut. So just a quick introduction, Missy, if you don't mind, um, you know, I'll introduce a little bit about you and then hopefully people will get the rest. But Missy was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease at the age of eight. She gained significant amount of weight, even after doing exactly what her doctor said and she was getting no answers. So she really took it into her own hands, got a degree in nutrition, even bought her own health food store to attempt to solve the issues. And through trial and error, some testing, um, she found the root causes of the problems. Um, and she's really a whole new woman, um, has completely transformed her life, and she is here to kind of bring joy and is honored to help other women do the same. And not just women, thank you for all the men that are part of our podcast. Um, that hopefully can find some answers. Thank you, Missy, for being back. It's so great to see you again. Yes, thanks for having me back. It's so fun to be among friends. And today we're going to talk about poop. Oh, you know what? And there's really nothing better. I really want to start this out and I will be completely transparent. It was probably about 10 years ago with Orion. I was in New York. We were doing our biometric health assessments on a company there. And I was go going over scores with a young lady and she brought up, she said, well, let's talk about leaky gut. And I pumped the brakes. I was like, first of all, I have no idea what that is. Second of all, that sounds like the most disgusting thing in the entire world. Um, so it was one of those where I had no answers 10 years ago, and this was 10 years ago, and there's so much more about it now, and I'm sure you're going to talk all about it. So we're talking about poop, and we're talking about what sounds disgusting, leaky gut. So Missy, what is this? What are we talking about? Yes, thank you so much, and I appreciate that personal experience too, Tara, because I've been in the health space like you for you know 18 years now. And leaky gut was not a term until just, you know, the last few years. And I feel like now it's a term that we've all at least heard and it does sound disgusting. So let's clarify what it is and what it isn't and talk through, um, let's talk through it. So those of you that are here, like Tara said, please drop questions as we chat because it's so fun to answer these. But I wanna start by talking about what the gut is. It is a long tube. That's what it is. It's like a garden hose starts at your mouth, ends at your butt. And the goal of this tube is to push food through it and to absorb nutrition, vitamins and minerals and proteins and fats and carbs. The whole goal is to keep us alive, right? Now, we're gonna talk mainly about the small intestines today. That is where we absorb the bulk of our nutrition. And that sits in this picture that Tara has on the screen, if you can see it, it sits kind of right there below that red stomach. It's that big, massive garden hose. And it is, prepare your brain, Tara, it blows my mind every time I share this, it's 23 feet long. So if you have ever stood next to a semi-truck, you can imagine your insides mm -hmm. are that long. Isn't that boggling? It's, and that's just a small intestine. Yes, and all jumbled up in there too. This is no nicely placed garden hose too. It is no. all in there. And I don't know if you're like me, I like genetically cannot roll up a garden hose. 
like it's gonna end up right our bodies can't either yeah no so it's all wrapped up inside of us it's beautifully placed it's not like missy trying to roll a garden hose and then just kicking it you know to the side so it's inside of us and its job is to absorb nutrients now imagine on the inside of that garden hose the most amazing 1970s shag carpeting We've all seen that, right? Grandma had that at her house. It was usually orange or some weird avocado color. So that garden hose is covered with carpeting on the inside. And that carpet is where we absorb our nutrients, which to use the carpet analogy is kind of what happens with the same thing with the carpet. All the stuff falls down into the shag and then it just lives there forever. So here we have this yeah. tube, we have the shag carpeting. And we eat our food and our body and the enzymes, they break down the food into tiny little particles and then it goes through the little shag carpeting out into the bloodstream and we feel amazing and we function and our hair looks good and we have energy and we poop every day and maybe multiple times a day and we don't scream at our spouses and our kids and we're just very kind, pleasant people. <laughs> now that's not happening. Yeah, I was going to say, how many of those things didn't happen this morning for anybody? I know yeah. there might be a couple that didn't happen for me there. Yes, it's not happening for many of us, and there are a lot of reasons why. So the main, main reasons that we're seeing leaky gut on the rise is because of our food supply. Unfortunately, it is very toxic. And I know I don't have to convince a lot of people of this. We know that food goes through heavy manufacturing processes. They put preservatives in them. And the preservatives, of course, help the food stay good for a long time, but they tear apart that sweet little shag carpeting. Medications will do it. Birth control is one of the biggest, most loudest offenders of that. A lot of women don't know that. Um, antibiotics, which are prescribed just willy nilly. I mean, they're, they're, are getting, they're getting a little bit more careful with prescribing antibiotics. I've been seeing this in recent years. The antibiotics will cause those sweet little carpet fingers to be offended or to open up. So those of you that can see me, I'm pulling my fingers apart. So the shag carpeting is getting wider or we'll just end up getting these little leaks or holes or tears in the carpet. And now I'm giving what? Is that the I love you? <laughs> well, it is, but I, I'm not sure. You may want to hold up a different finger for what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those listening, I'm holding up my pinky first finger and thumb. So we've got a, a gap here between the two fingers. So that's what's happening in the gut. We're having these uh, lifestyle choices, potentially medications, environmental factors. If you look at the handout I provided, it gives a list of things that can irritate the gut lining and cause these problems. So it's the equivalent of me going to your yard with a nail and poking holes in your garden hose. I'm just going down the hose, I'm poking all these holes. And then what happens when you turn on the garden hose? It leaks. So using the garden hose analogy, the same thing happens inside your gut. You've got this small intestines with its job to keep the food inside the hose. It's now got these leaks from the things we described, medications, stress, environmental food, all the things, um, underlying infections as well, things like yeast and mold and bacteria, they will pull holes in that way. So now you're eating your food and your food is not supposed to escape the tube before it's digested small enough. So if you've got a hole, the food will get out of that hole. And we're gonna talk specifically about gluten right now because gluten is loud in the media, it's on the packaging, people are hearing about gluten, people, we often think it's a fad. But let's talk about it for one second about why so many people are reacting. So if you've got a hole in your garden hose, 
and you eat gluten. Gluten is the protein in bread and barley and flowers and things like that. So if you eat gluten, gluten is supposed to get digested really micro microscopically small before it gets absorbed through the shag carpeting. Well, if you got a big old hole in your carpet, the whole protein is going to get out of the small intestines. It's going to leak through your garden hose out into your gut. And this is where the bulk of our immune cells are produced. So this is a really mind-boggling fact that I love to share. We talk about the immune system all the time. We talk about how we have a strong immune system or a weak immune system or I catch every bug. What we don't really know is where the immune system is. Mm -hmm. Sarah, where's your immune system? Oh my gosh, it's throughout your whole entire body. <laughs> it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere, and that's true. But the thing that we need to remember is that 80% of our immune cells are made in the gut. So back to your picture that you have on the screen, Tara, the bulk of the immune cells are made right there below that red stomach. And that's where we've got a whole bunch of um, lymphatic tissue that produces these um, white blood cells, produces these immune cells. So if you have a leak in your garden hose and you send out food that's not digested, well, look out, your immune system is gonna flip out. And it's because the immune system has one job, one job, and it's to decide what is you and what is not you. Mm -hmm. So this is so cool if you get strep. Strep gets into your body, your body says, oh, that's not Missy. So mm -hmm. your immune system kills strep, yay. That's what it was created to do. Now, when it comes to gluten, things get a little messy. So we have gluten that got out of the garden hose. It's in the immune producing space. Your immune system's like, oh, that's not messy. So it goes to work. It makes its antibodies, right? It's gonna do its job. So it starts killing the gluten. Now, the problem with gluten is it looks very similar to the thyroid hormone. So a immune system doing the right thing will kill all the gluten. And then it's gonna send out its little cops to go check all the alleys to make sure there's no more gluten hiding in people's trash cans, right? Well, then it sees the thyroid hormone and it says, oh, you. And then it starts killing the thyroid hormones because it, the antibodies mistakenly think it's gluten. So what happens at this point is we demonize gluten. Gluten's bad, it has to go. Bad, bad, gluten, bad. So we pull gluten out of our diets and we feel better. Wow. Okay, we carry on with no gluten forever. However, nobody came through with the quick seal to fix up the gut, right? There's yeah, still the leaks right? in the gut. The only thing that changed is we took out the things that were leaking out. Wow, yes, oh my gosh. So many of those things that you're talking about, I'm, I'm resonating with. And I wanna circle back to kind of what you said at the beginning, um, you know, because talking about poop and irritability and swelling and all of the things that are happening. So I'll bet a lot of people are going, okay, so how do I know if I have this? Um, what is your sense on that? Is this a self-diagnosed based on the, some of the symptoms you talked about? But how do people know if they have this, you know, problem with their garden hose? Thank you for saying that. In the, in the nutrition world and the, the medical world, it's often complained that people diagnose themselves, right? That they're like, oh, everyone says they have leaky gut. And there's not a lot of specific diagnostic testing for this. And that's, that's part of the reason why. You know, if there's not a diagnostic test, then people are just going to say, I have all the symptoms and here's what I'm dealing with. Yes. But I want to. Dr. Google, it is. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Google diagnosed me. Um, I want to point out that one of the things we frequently see is people will say, well, I can't have leaky gut because my digestion's fine. 
right? I poop every day. It's normal. No big deal. Mm -hmm. I poop every day. I've never had a problem pooping. I don't have gas. I don't have diarrhea. It's fine. Sure. Right. We hear that a lot. So if you have other things going on, like I just explained, specifically if you have any autoimmune condition. So if you have any diagnoses like Hashimoto's I just mentioned, or Graves, or if you deal with psoriasis, or you have any type of um, gut-related things, those can be autoimmune. There's, there's so many autoimmune diseases. But if there's autoimmune, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, things like that, we immediately, immediately suspect the gut, because like I said, 80% of the immune cells are made there. Um, other places, though, if you've got stuff going on with your brain, if you're having depression or you're having issues with anxiety and brain fog, that goes back to the gut. It can indicate that you're not absorbing the nutrients that you need to make your neurotransmitters. If you're having issues with your skin, 100%, we got to check the gut because again, you might not be absorbing or your body is pushing out the toxins through your skin, which happens when you are toxic overload. Mm -hmm. If you're taking medications, like I explained, if you're on birth control or hormone replacement, or you're taking blood pressure meds or statins or anything, any type of prescription medication, they are generally offensive to the gut. So it's good to question, how is the integrity of my gut? So truly for me, I believe that all disease begins in the gut. And I did not make that up. That was said by Hippocrates 2,500 years ago. (laughs) If there's any type of dis-ease in the body, if you're not at ease in your body, we got to look into the gut. We got to see what's going on there because it is the storehouse of all of our nutrition. It's, It's the ground zero of our basic would you say that doctors are more aware of that now than been than in the past? Or is the gut still kind of this like voodoo unknown, you know, that's not one of the first things that they point to? You know, I love that question. I, I don't like to doctor shame and I have a master's in nutrition. So in nutrition, this of course is talk to the point where we're bored with it, right? Like it's, <laughs> we talk and talk and talk and leaky gut is, is preached all the time, but the thing about doctors is they are only required to take one class in nutrition. So the course that they take is drink water and move your body. And they are still teaching the food pyramid in some cases, you know, <laughs> eat all your carbohydrates and limit your fats and moderate protein. They're, they're teaching um, very old, old principles. So there's no judgment on the doctors for what they don't know. I don't judge mm-hmm. on that for all. But like I said, it's a nutrition type education. So no, I'm not seeing this a lot in Western medicine. Um, if your doctor is educated in education, hang on to that doctor. Or, uh, nutrition, excuse me. If they're educated in education, definitely keep them. <laughs> if they're educated in nutrition, they're a really good resource for marrying um, medicine with nutrition. But like I said, it's not, I don't fault them for that. It's just not something that's taught. Yeah. Um, so... How do you fix this? You mentioned so many things and I'm sure people are, you know, doing tally marks and yep, <laughs> antibiotics and yep, and yep, 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 yep. And cross that out. So where does one start? Maybe they're starting to know that some things are, are not as they should based on some of the different symptoms that you mentioned today. Um, so where do we start? Or are we just starting with, you know, a FODMAP diet or just making a list of the things that are the offenders? So where do you suggest that we start with that? I love um, that question. And thank you, you for know. bringing FODMAPs into the conversation because they show up a mm-hmm. lot. Um, the internet, as you know, is the wild, wild west of education. And now that we have said leaky gut, and now that you all have heard the term leaky gut, it's going to show up in your Facebook and Instagram feeds. So 
you're welcome for that. <laughs> you're going to start seeing yeah. everywhere because yes, they listen to us. So um, yeah, you'll start seeing things about like do a paleo diet or a FODMAP or do keto or do all these different plans. And what I frequently see happen with clients is they will do keto, for example, is a good example. They'll do keto and they will feel great. Their gut will feel better. They will do awesome. They'll lose some weight. And then the second that they reintroduce carbs, all the weight comes mm -hmm. back. And that is a really good indication that there probably is some leaky gut going on because the balance of bacteria is in the gut. It sounds like in that case, you've got some bad bugs that really love carbohydrates and they're gonna really thrive on those once you add them back in. So I wanna share another mind boggling mm -hmm. fact before I answer your question. We're gonna do a, a round the block answer. The thing we have to remember with the gut, and I might've shared this last time, Tara, so if you've heard it, just act surprised like you've never heard it again. It is this, there are 10, 10 organisms to every one human cell. That is crazy. Did I share that with you last time? Yes. Yes, you did. Uh, may, it may have been a personal phone call though that we that we discussed that. But anyways, yes, you did. Um, but for those that are on the call today, um, hopefully their minds were just blown. Hope that changed your life. Why do why, why does it matter? Well, because there are 10, 10 organisms for every one human cell. So there are 10 bacteria, viruses, fungus, molds to every one cell of Missy, which means those of you that are sitting here listening today are literally listening to a bag of germs. This bag of germs is telling you about the gut. Now, what we know in research of the gut is that we want to have eight favorable of those friends to two angry versions of those friends. And the bummer right. is for most of the US population, that's split. We have mm -hmm. two really nice, kind bugs in the gut and eight really angry teenagers. And that <laughs> will contribute to the inflammation in the gut, to those holes in the carpet. It's all going to play a part in that. Um, just before I came in here this morning, Terry, I was in my backyard. This is a good, good analogy. I was in my backyard and there were hundreds of birds in the tree above my house and I've never, never experienced this. So I was like, oh my goodness, they're so loud. Look how many are up there. What is going on? And then this giant black crow came and flew into the tree and everyone fled. They had to go get yeah. out of here. We've seen this, right? We've seen it. So all the sweet little blackbirds that were singing their beautiful songs were gone. And we just had this big black angry crow. That is the equivalent of what happens in the gut. So when you have infections, when you have, um, like I was saying, medications or antibiotics will do that. They drive out all the good bugs and then we're just left with this big black angry crow. So now mm -hmm. he's making the decisions on what happens in the gut. And that means that you'll digest your carbohydrates differently. You'll gain weight easier. You'll be resistant to foods that weren't a problem before. So now you're doing this FODMAP diet and you feel better, but then you never can go back to eating the things you love again because you react every time. Right. So how do you fix it? That is the biggest and most loaded question. Um, step one for me is testing. And I recommend this for all of my clients. I have all of my clients start with urine testing. It's so simple. You pee in a cup, you freeze it, you mail it back to the company. We can see from that pee, if there is mold in your gut, if there's yeast, if there's bacteria, we can see the balance of the bugs in your gut because those bugs produce little acids and then the acids comes out in your urine and then we can see from those acids, aha, he was here. Right. So we can see the balance of what's happening in the gut. I prefer 
prefer that to guessing every single time because mm -hmm. I personally went through a decade of exactly that, trying every diet on the market, doing keto, doing paleo, doing AIP, trying FODMAPs because I was having all of these gut issues and would temporarily feel better when I changed the food. So once we can find out what the underlying cause of the tears in the carpet are, we can address those. And then we can go through and do the quick sale, like I was saying, you know, those commercials for the spray stuff that you mm -hmm. can spray on a sinking boat. <laughs> fixes yeah. the boat. You can go through and you can quick seal or you can provide nutrition for your gut. And that's things like, you know, I like glutamine great, aloe vera, slippery elm. There's all kinds of amazing supplements out there now that do seal the gut. But the mm -hmm. step that most people miss is the testing. So like I said, you're gonna get a right. lot of things on your social media now that are gonna be products like that. Cause I even said the words. Um, there'll be probiotics, there'll be gut healing supplements and they can help. But if we don't find out what is eating up those fingers to begin with or what's poking holes in the hose, you're fighting mm -hmm. losing Absolutely. And I think there's, there's so many underlying causes of it as well. You know, I know for my husband, you know, he was diagnosed with celiacs and it was one of those where you know, that was like, voila, you know, we had that answer, you know, it was a different kind of testing that he did. But again, you know, that was so eye opening for us and the swelling in his gut. I mean, it was one of those where it's like, you know, this less than 40 year old man, you know, looks like he always had a beer gut when he doesn't touch beer. And so it was one of those where over time, again, to heal that hose, for us, pulling gluten out was the answer for him because we, yeah. we knew what it was. And so again, you know, his celiacs, I would assume was causing leaky gut, you know, which again, I've just never put those two words together because I thought it was so disgusting 10 years ago, um, you know, but it was yeah. one of those where, you know, we have been able to heal that um, just by that was our, we didn't do a FODMAP, but we had that answer. And so again, I think a lot of people are going to want to experiment once their social social media picks up and starts sending them <laughs> all this stuff. But again, I think, as I said earlier, to pump the brakes, um, you know, and not throw all these unknown things into your body without knowing the answer. Totally agree. And it's disappointing. It's so disappointing to, you know, temporarily feel better and then backslide. And right. to add to your story, Tara, I super appreciate that because I also have celiac disease and so does my son. And he's six. Mm -hmm. He got diagnosed just before he was two um, through testing. But again, there would have been a lot of guessing going on. And the way that he's been most impacted, and I want to put a ditty in for this because a lot of people don't realize this, but your dental health, your dental health is a complete reflection of your gut. So if you're having a lot of cavities or you're having receding gums or your, your enamel is falling off and your teeth are falling apart, that was and is still true for my son, bless his heart, because he's not absorbing the minerals from his gut based on mm -hmm. inflammation. And also because the balance of those bacteria, like I said, the eight good bugs to two bad bugs, they uh, program right. the, the acidity in your body. So if you've got too many bad bugs, you're going to be very acidic. That does eat up the enamel in your teeth and you're going to have a lot of dental problems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we rarely think about the beginning of that tube that you just talked about. But again, it's the very beginning. So we should take that whole tube into consideration. So that's a fantastic thing to think about as well, um, especially for those that have dental insurance and may never use it. So Agreed. might as well use it. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so how long does it take? So we have a question that came in. There's kind of a twofold question. One of which is someone who is on H1 and H2 blockers for mast cell yeah. reactions. Is it possible to heal the gut when that is going on? And if so, for all of us, how long does it heal? How long does it take to heal the gut? So first question first. I am so thrilled somebody brought up histamines. Thank you, friend, for this question. <laughs> so yes, the gut, as we talked about, is supposed to have this happy balance of bacteria. There are some really mean, nasty bugs in the gut that will produce histamines. Fungi will do this, molds can do this, bacteria can do this. So they produce histamines in the gut. Well, histamines can ramp up your stomach acid production. So now you have acid reflux. Now you're having a burning esophagus. You can even get a corroded esophagus. I see this happen with clients. So the doctors give you H1, H2 blockers. So that's, that means histamine one, histamine two. It's different types of histamine. It takes care of the symptom, absolutely. The acid reflux will go away. However, the problem with these blockers are they also block your acid, which that's what we wanted to do because we're having this mm -hmm. nasty symptom. However, if you don't have enough stomach acid, that is our first step in digestion. So if you don't have enough stomach acid in the stomach, and Tara's taken the picture away, but remember that glowing red stomach? We need to have stomach acid there to break apart the food, to start breaking apart the bonds, so that when it goes into the small intestine, it's at a point where it can start being digested. So the problem with acid blockers of any kind, um, it could be the H1H2, it also could be, you know, PPIs, omeprazole, pepsid, things like that. Anything that is blocking acid is going to put your food into your intestines in a state that is not digested enough. That yeah. alone can cause some major leaks in the gut. So in a picture like yeah. this, and this is very common by the way, and thank you to whoever asked this question. I see it happen with clients every day. You're put on something to treat the symptom, but then the, the problem perpetuates because the food not being ready for digestion creates more inflammation in the gut. We already know that there's an imbalance of, of of good and bad bugs, and we know that they're creating histamines, nothing is telling them to stop. So they're gonna keep being complete jerks in your gut until we can test and find out what's going on and address those underlying causes. And um, that, that can be done with specific probiotics, it can be done with specific botanicals, herbal supplements, it, once we know who the root offender yeah. is. Absolutely. Um, what about um, any tips or tricks for, we often hear about this, is bile reflux. Is that similar to, you know, some of those things that you just mentioned? Yeah, so with bile, bile is how we clean garbage out of the gut. And anyone mm -hmm. who is dealing with bile reflux or with bile issues, pretty, pretty sure they got crap going on their gut and imbalances. Yeah. So what happens is our liver, of course, is filtering things out of the body. But as it filters those things that are toxic and chemically laden, which may have leaked out of the gut, it puts them into the bile. And then the bile is supposed to go into the gut and then it's used to digest our fats. And then at the end of the gut, when it's all used up, it gets reabsorbed. So if there are bile issues, either production or reflux or stones or anything related to bile issues, we've got to take a look in your gut because that is a reflection of probably and potentially and most likely pathogen overload. Right, absolutely. So a lot of those things that you're talking about, circling back to the question that I posed a little bit earlier, and it does not sound like it is the same for everyone on how long it takes to heal oh, yes. um, when Thank there's you. issues. That's my favorite thing to answer because there is so much hope. 
Oh, I love hope. Hope's my favorite. Yeah. Thing. So remember that. We all need we, we need as much of that as we can get. Okay, I pulled yeah. out my shag carpeting. For those of you who are listening, I've got all my fingers on deck now. So that shag carpeting in your gut, my favorite, favorite research of it, they are laying down a protective layer of mucus over your body is doing this, is laying a protective layer of mucus around those shag carpeting every single second. So Tara, right now you're healing. Right now I'm healing. The thing about the gut that's so cool, you can turn this around in 24 hours. 24 hours. So the research shows that once we can nail the problem and we can start effectively addressing it, Mm -hmm. things turn around quickly and you can have an entire new gut lining in three days. This is why I love testing first of all, but I also love working in the gut because it regenerates so quickly and we can see improvements really quickly. And in my own case, when I, like, like Tara was saying, I had Hashimoto's for years. I dealt with all of these really annoying, nasty symptoms. One of my biggest symptoms was air hunger. And it's a sensation like you can't get a deep breath in. It's like someone sitting on your chest. It's soft and misdiagnosed with anxiety. But when I discovered for my gut, I had a lot of strep. And when we started addressing that, I was like three days in. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can breathe. Like this is incredible. And it's because my immune system finally got to take a breath. <laughs> my immune system yeah. like, oh good, we're not fighting that today which allowed right. my adrenals to calm down, allowed me to breathe, allowed my thyroid to calm down. So it, it put the fire out everywhere else from an infection in the gut. Right. Well, I mean, even I even think about stress and anxiety and panic and all of those things. And many of us, I think, have, ex- have experienced so much more of this over the last couple of years. Hopefully it's getting better for some of us. But again, stress, not even something that we're putting in our mouths, can cause this. True? Oh my goodness. I love that you just said that. So yeah, one of my favorite research studies and another mind-boggling fact. Let's start there. I love mind-boggling facts. Um, This one blows my mind because when we are in utero, our brain and our gut are made from the same tissue. So we Mm. form a little brain in our head and then we form the small intestines in the gut and they are identical when we're in utero. So it's this really neuron rich tissue. And that's why the gut is often called the second brain because it's literally the same tissue. Now we have the nervous system that communicates between the brain and the gut and the gut and the brain. So what we know now is like I just said, the brain, if there's stress in the brain, it will impact the gut. If there's stress in the gut, it will impact the brain. So they communicate back and forth. Now this was put into a research study and there's so many studies happening right now about this. And I love this stuff because I am such a fan of mindset work and managing our thoughts in order to help our gut function better. But in this study, they had, um, this was out of the UK. They had participants, um, they tested their, their stool to look at the bugs in the stool. So they did a, of course, a control study of here's what their poop looked like. Then they, that was them on a relaxed state. Total, total relaxed state. They look at their poop. This is what their baseline looks like. Then they stress them out. I don't know what they told them. <laughs> they told them Sounds like a fun experiment. I know. If it was my house, they would say, here's a new puppy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which recently happened. My husband brought us home a puppy without any conversation. So they're like, they stress out the participants. They check their stool 24 hours later. You wouldn't even believe it. All the good, good guys were gone. All the bad bugs had overgrown. And so they, they're doing more work in this area, but they've concluded that these sweet little bugs are impacted immediately 
and loudly in the same sense that if a crow flies into a tree, it stresses all the birds out and they're gone. So if we have chronic and continual stress mental wise, which we all do, it's impossible to escape it. But if we have that going on consistently, it absolutely impacts the flora in our gut, the balance mm -hmm. in the gut, uh, the way our nervous system's communicating with our gut. So for me working with clients, it's so important to include the mindset piece as well and to learn how to recognize thoughts that are creating those really chaotic things in our gut and be able to change them and have the control up here because that is something anyone can do right now to, to influence their gut. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's no question, the majority of our webinars this year, as well as last in our podcast, something has always circled back to mental and emotional health. And so even those that join the podcast today thinking it's all food, it's all food, it's all food. <laughs> the reality is it is always so much more than that. And no, we're in so head. interconnected. <laughs> yeah, yeah she talked about the immune the system and all the things. And you'll often go to a doctor yeah. with a big alcohol in your head. And they're kind of right. <laughs> yes, exactly. They might be on to something. Exactly. Well, yeah. Missy, we're nearing the end of our time. There's so much information. Again, I would love for anyone to check out the show notes for the infographic that Missy shared. Um, but Missy, I know you have your own website, which I would love for you to, you know, let people know what that is for other questions. There were a couple we didn't get answered, so I'll send those over to you. But again, where can people see more of you and hear more of you from. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So if you head to missybeaverscoaching.com, you will see my website there. You can learn about, um, I specialize in thyroid health, but I do that through fixing the problems in the gut. So if this information resonates with you and you want to know more about the testing I offer and learn about my programs, you don't have to have a thyroid diagnosis in order to work with me. It is of course labeled and packaged that way, but I have a uh, sisters in the program that don't have a thyroid diagnosis and have some pretty intense leaky gut. So just know that I do only work with women at the moment. So apologies to men, because this is, this is absolutely um, an issue for men as well, but Facebook and Instagram will be sending you all, just kidding. <laughs> They'll be sending all kinds of offers. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, men. Sorry for now. But for women and um, for men that love women, go to missybeaverscoaching.com. And there's all kinds of resources. And then you can watch my thyroid fast track class there that goes deeper into, like I said, it says thyroid, but it's the same discussion about the gut. It's a really good review of how the gut impacts the immune system. And then from there, you can book a call to chat with me or my team, and we can talk about testing and options to get you feeling great. So great. And, you know, for those that, you know, are working with an Orion health coach as well, um, we are health coaches are knowledgeable as well. If you've never wanted to breach this disgusting subject with your health coach, always bring that up with your health coach as well. We've got, you know, Missy on the back that I'm sure could, you know, filter us some tips and tricks if we need them. But again, your health coach is also a great person. Um, if you know, you're a man and Missy isn't working with you right now, please access your Orion health coach um, because we've got a great partner here within Missy. So thank you so much, Missy. I appreciate you being here again. Um, yes, we're so honored you. to have you twice in one year. <laughs> yeah, so fun. And thank you friends for joining us. It was so nice to talk with you all. Thank you. Have a great day.